Welcome to the Drift Zone. The Environmental Film Festival Australia launches their online program with The Condor and The Eagle on Saturday 27th of June, co-hosted with Seed Indigenous Youth Climate Network and The Condor and The Eagle Impact Campaign. The Condor and the Eagle follows four Indigenous environmental leaders as they embark on an extraordinary transcontinental adventure from the Canadian plains to deep into the heart of the Amazonian jungle to unite the peoples of North and South America and deepen the meaning of climate justice. The film asks how social change happens and explores best practices on how to build effective social movements. Tiani Adamson South Australia Seed Mob State Coordinator jumped onto the Drift Zone to let us know about the great work Seed Mob do and a little bit about herself too. Tiani will be speaking on the online panel at the Condor and the Eagle launch after the screening as protagonists and Indigenous organisers facilitate a Q&A about the film and their work for justice in their communities. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Drift, Drift Zone. Thanks for jumping onto the Drift Zone, Tiani. For listeners, could you let us know a little bit about yourself and where you're from? I'm currently living in Adelaide in South Australia. Um, I have mob connections up to the Torres Strait Islands, originally from Thursday Island, but most of my mob now live on Larrakia country. And I grew up um, all over different parts of South Australia and um, Queensland with my mum. Spent a lot of uh, a lot of time in the Northern Territory, seeing my dad and my family up there, which is really lovely. Haven't been to Thursday Island yet, but it's definitely... Um, on the list of things to do, still, I guess, making those connections in with family and and further connecting in with my culture. So definitely something that I'm keen to get involved in is going up on my own country on Thursday Island. You're also the Seed Mob Coordinator for South Australia. Can you expand a little bit on the organisation itself and your role as a state coordinator? Yeah, sure. So I guess for those who don't know, um, Seed are the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander youth-led group of Australia and super amazing mob of really inspiring young people who I guess are experiencing climate change in a really different and unique way. So climate change is one of the greatest threats that we have facing humanity at the moment, Um, but we also know that it's an opportunity to make massive changes and create a more sustainable and just world. So in Australia and all over the world, our First Nations communities and specifically here Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are on the forefront of climate change. And so as young people, it's um, it's us that have things most at stake and our communities that are experiencing these issues right on the front line. So as a state coordinator in South Australia, it's my role to um, involve community and any mob that are living in South Australia, whether they're you know, their country is here or not, if they're residing in South Australia at the moment. We run different actions and plans depending on what campaigns we have going on um, to help amplify First Nations voices in this. So SEED was founded um, or co-founded by Millie, who's an an absolutely amazing powerhouse. She's actually going to be uh, yarning with me on the panel next week after the, the film for the Environmental Film Festival, which is exciting. SEED have a really important role to play with direct action and different campaigns that we're running. So we have a few different campaigns at the moment on, um, I guess, shale gas fracking, which is happening in the Northern Territory or trying to happen in the Northern Territory, which is um, really scary. And that's basically where uh, Origin Energy have 
plans to frack the NT, um, which, as I said before, is a country that my mob have been residing on for the past four or so generations since being relocated from TI. Um, and the NT out there is connected by one continuous water table. So when that water is polluted um, by things dangerous like fracking, then all of our water is poisoned, which is obviously extremely dangerous for First Nations communities living off of the land, as well as all flora and fauna that reside in that area. So it has massive issues um, for our mob and obviously our deserts and springs and plains and all of our bushland are really precious and important, not just, I guess, from a survival point of view, but the spiritual connection that we have with that area. And so the dangers of fracking in the NT will poison groundwater and pollute the air and destroy sacred sites and um, change our seasonality in the way that we live, um, which has huge implications for our, our livelihoods. So we've got um, some work at the moment that we've been doing on a campaign for Don't Frack the NT, as well as that seed, um, have been working on things like land rights, not mining rights, which is basically where... Um, the Australian Law Reform Commission's report are trying to actually change parts of the Native Title Act, which is really scary for us because already um, I don't think that Native Title Act completely encompasses what we need as First Nations people. So the fact that that's looking at being amended and changed basically to favour mineral, um, I guess, mineral councils for mining is um, pretty terrifying. So we do a lot of work and campaigning in that way. Um, and yeah, we've, we've always got different campaigns and things going on where we're gathering and amplifying First Nations voices and having our, our mob heard. Seed is just for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, but we are in, we have like our sisterhood, um, sorry, our sister group, the AYCC, which is for absolutely anyone. Mm. And we do a lot of work, um, partnering together. We stand side by side and work on campaigns either together as a unity or we'll work, help work on one another's campaigns. So AYCC is for everyone. Seed is just for mob. Down here in South Australia, we're probably we're quite small at the moment. We probably have about 10, five to 10 sort of active um, members of Seed, but definitely, you know, working on growing that continuously and reaching out and finding out the right ways to get people involved. Thinking globally and acting locally, what would be some of the local environmental issues in South Australia that are on your radar? Yeah, so down here in South Australia, we have underground gasification around the Lee Creek area that's looking at being done. So that's something that we're more specifically trying to focus on here in South Australia. It's been a different time over the last few months with COVID-19 trying to, I guess, work out um, how do we stay loud and proud and continue to push these issues in a time when the media is really focused on um, COVID and I guess that's adapting and changing now which means that it's time for us to keep pushing really hard and working out you know we can start seeing each other a bit more and rallying mobs and starting to get things happening again so definitely more work that we're looking to do specific to that in Lee Creek. Tell us a little bit about your studies as well what are you studying at the moment because I know it's in line with uh, what you involve yourself with in Seed Mob. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Science in Wildlife Conservation Biology and I have my last exam in a week mm, and then I'm life. done. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's very exciting. Um, yeah, so that's where my study sort of focused is all about um, wildlife conservation and ecology, evolutionary biology. So yeah, really love my studies. I guess 
my favorite part of my studies is being able to take a hold of something that we learn and apply or begin to further understand the role and the caretaker relationship that Indigenous people of Australia have always had um, of these various environmental, I guess, like processes. So we've always looked after and managed the land really well and had an amazing role uh, with fire, I think, you know, humans really, if, if you look at, we're quite logical about things sometimes and we, we look at things quite practically and we try and work out what something's role is in terms of the environment. And if you have a look at humans, really what our, I guess, environmental role is, is all about, about creating fire and helping to regenerate and, you know, enable flora and fauna to renew and rebirth through the use of fire. So I found that really interesting being able to, whenever we have, I guess, an assignment or whatever, be able to take that kind of spin on it and have a look at our role as First Nations people um, traditionally and how we used to do things, whether it's some kind of ecological process or whether it's our, you know, deepened understanding of the connectivity of the land or the seasonality and um, take that on as a part of my studies. Looking back, did you experience much pushback from your educational institution in regards to embracing First Nations environmental experience and cultural knowledge? I think it's a slow process. I think that um, we're kind of lucky that the media has been highlighting recently a lot more of First Nations understanding and role of environmental practices, of conservation practices. And so that has helped to make it an easier process. But I think that it, it is slow like anything and um, it's just continuing, I guess, to bring that to the forefront and to communicate, you know, what about this or how is that done in the past or whatnot because a lot of things aren't new ideas. It's more relearning or remembering our role um, in these different areas. I guess another thing I'd like to ask you, Tiani, is would you have any advice for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely um, take your passion and allow that to drive you through the studies. I guess entering university is quite a a traditionally um, white colonial space and it can be really tricky at times. Um, but I have found with, I've been to a few different universities and there are always incredible Indigenous support units or Indigenous support services available. So definitely reaching out to those, but remembering that when you enter the university space that you have an extreme amount of knowledge already behind you. You're not a blank canvas and you're not coming in with nothing and using all of your knowledges that you already have or leaning on, you know, the strength of your ancestry and who you are and bringing that forward with you into your studies and allowing that to really help, I guess, flower and blossom who you are and how you learn is really important. I think when I first started my university education, I came in kind of thinking that I was at the bottom of the ranks and that I, you know, had so much to learn and that this was the beginning of a journey for me. But we forget all of the amazing history of our past and what we already know. So I think it's important to stay true to that and to bring that forward with you through your studies and what you're doing. I love how you're speaking about the past the present and the future now, you're just about to finish your studies. Where do you hope um, your studies will take you or do you have plans for what you want to do in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been lucky enough to start a traineeship with 
Persa as a fisheries compliance support officer, um, which has been really cool. So that's basically nurturing our marine systems and I guess the compliance side of that. So that's been a really awesome space. I've actually struggled the last semester with uni because I've been working full-time and studying full-time at the same time, which has made things pretty difficult, but I really value um, my work being understanding of my uni and my uni being understanding of my work. So I guess for myself, looking forward, something that I am really passionate about and keen to do is to continue to connect in more deeply with my culture, have a bit more of understanding of, I guess, my more specific mob. I've always been accepted and, um, you know, been able to learn about Aboriginal culture wherever I am and accepted as an Aboriginal person and have been adopted into lots of amazing families. Um, We spent a bit of time in Palm Island when I was younger and I went to a mission school up there and We've lived in Port Augusta and Coffin Bay and all over the place, which has been amazing. Um, but I guess having that own, you know, that own really strong cultural route to where my mob is is something really important to me that I'm looking further forward. And, yeah, I guess with my work, I hope to facilitate First Nations communities to manage their country and gain full independence of, you know, our own lives and fighting for land rights and fighting for sea rights um, while bettering our ecological crisis is where I see myself fitting in that role. With the film The Condor and the Eagle, what's some of your takeaways in regards to the film's content and global similarities across First Nations communities? Yeah, sure. So as, as we said before, I'm the state coordinator of SEED um, in SA and have you know been doing a lot of work, not just through my studies and I guess my professional work, but in my spare time, lots of volunteering on amplifying First Nations voices in climate change and climate justice. And so Condor and the Eagle is really unique and special in the way that it does amplify First Nations voices in North America and show that in a really beautiful way through the film. So being able to come from an Australian perspective and cross over I guess the issues that we have here, as I said before, about the fracking in the NT and those types of things, um, which is just so linear with what happens um, in the film. It's sort of tricky not trying to spoil how amazing and wonderful the film is, but um, I guess I saw the film recently and absolutely loved it as it amplifies the voices and the problems that really need to be seen and heard um, that have been marginalised and not allowed to be spoken loudly and the devastation and extreme, I guess, like First Nations power and um, and First Nations people standing up, seeing that in the film is something really important, I think, for everyone to understand that, you know, people have been standing up and looking after their land since the beginning of time. Indigenous people have always had a really strong spiritual and emotional connection with their land and their place and who they are and to see that depicted so beautifully in a film is super important which has overlap for what our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander mob are doing here on Australian soil and I guess when we see these films this is just a a microcosm like the tiniest bit of what happens throughout the world Um, and we can see that these issues happen over and over again in different places and different spaces and no one is immune to the direct impacts um, of pipeline or, you know, fossil fuel damage. And also no one is immune to the impacts of climate change. So being able to see 
this and the severity of, of what's happening in our world and what these big industries are doing all over the place um, hopefully allows people to heighten their sense of emotional connection to the damage that's being done and and see that from a First Nations perspective and realise the importance of looking after our communities on the front line of climate change. Speaking about emotion, I guess people can be overwhelmed by what is happening with our planet. From your experience and your background, what's one piece of advice that you could let people know of that they could step up and help the environment, no matter how small or big? Mm, absolutely. It's, it's definitely something that becomes really overwhelming. And I think the further that we educate ourselves, sometimes you feel like we're going into a dwindling hole of despair and deep emotion. And I guess something that I found really helpful to begin with was to um, think global, but act local. So think about things that you can do in your own life, in your own home that will have those smaller effects. Um, And as much as, you know, there is the argument of that, you know, it's something small and it won't make a difference. That's absolutely not true at all. When you start to notice these things in your life and you start to pay attention to, I guess, recycling, going for ethical super and ethical um, banking companies, uh, when you have a look at your means of transport and your impact in that way, when you look at your food and what you eat about food mileage or the impact of emissions depending on the food sources that you choose, really catalyzes a mindset shift where you continuously look for better and more effective ways to nurture the planet through the way that you live. And so I think finding out those little bits and pieces, and as I said, you know, the recycling and, you know, your food choices and all of those things definitely do make a difference. And then from there, once you've got a bit of motivation and a bit of understanding about the direct impact of your own life, being able to stand in allyship with or come together with other groups doing amazing things and be another number in the sea of people who are doing great things, whether it's rocking up for a protest or signing petitions, they actually do make a massive difference, power in numbers. Um, And we've seen that recently with um, George Floyd, with everything that's been happening um, overseas and in Australia with Black Lives Matter, which is obviously something that is devastating and awful and again extremely emotional to talk about but it does show you know when people commit to educating themselves and being passionate about a topic especially you know something that's important to people of color the way that waves of change can happen so I hope that we're inspired to see that things can change and we can make a difference when we you know stand in unity together. How can listeners find out more about Seed Mob and the Condor and the Eagle? At the moment, I guess for my own um, personal wonderful plug of Australian um, First Nations Young Mob doing amazing things in the climate space, Seed Mob, um, looking up seedmob.org.au. We've also got the Environmental Film Fest happening um, and you can register to see the Condor and the Eagle film at the Environmental Film Festival Australia uh, on their Instagram or Facebook page. Um, there is so much information available at the moment and there are so many groups doing amazing things. And so it's just a matter of um, being educated and finding, you know, groups that align with you and that are doing the right things, making sure that if you are looking to support First Nations groups and communities that it's Indigenous-owned, run and managed, um, not that it's someone else organising things for us, that it's our mob, you know, doing it. We're going to continue to survive and resist, Um as a mob and a culture, and we're going to continue to do what's right for our land and our mob. 
And so we're asking, you know, whoever's listening to support us, to get behind us in allyship and to amplify First Nations voices, to educate yourself on um, Indigenous cultures and decolonise your mind. There's so much literature out, whether it's films or books or stories or, I mean, there's, there's podcasts, there's music, all of that's available. And so... Um, I think it's really important that we learn what's right for the land and that we take unified action to nurture our mother and, and do everything you can to look after her. So I guess probably the only last thing that I wanted to add was just um, giving people the opportunity to take their sense of empowerment and understand, you know, their role in the climate movement and their role in supporting First Nations communities um, I understand that it's tricky. We have dark history um, with Indigenous communities with very deep wounds and scars. Um, our land has been, I guess, raped and pillaged for a really long time and so have our people. So it's a really tricky space to be in and often, you know, as someone, as people who are not of colour or don't have, I guess, Indigenous connection to the land or that understanding it can be quite an interesting space to be in but I just want to encourage people to come forward and to continue to educate themselves to find out the right information to hop on films like Condor and the Eagle. Seed Mob actually created their own film about um, fracking in the Northern Territory called Water is Life and that's an amazing film to have a look at as well. So just continuing to be in support and allyship and not be afraid of the interesting space because of its history, because standing in silence and not making a difference in these spaces because you're afraid of it um, is more damaging than actually trying to educate yourself and have a go and, you know, stand in support and ask questions about, you know, what can I do to help? How can I be of service? How do we make this better? So that in the future we can look back and say that, you know, we did our absolute best to make changes in these spaces and do things better and bigger and nurture our mob on both Australian and international soils and look after our land. Tiani Adamson, thank you so much for jumping on the Drift Zone. Thanks for having me. Tiani Adamson on the Drift Zone. As State Coordinator for Seed Mob South Australia, Tiani will also be part of the panel at the online launch of the 2020 Environmental Film Festival Australia featuring the film The Condor and the Eagle. This screening is the first event of a two-part AFA's Caring for Country initiative, which focuses on the vital role that First Nations communities play in protecting and caring for land. All funds donated from ticket sales will go towards Seed Indigenous Youth Climate Network, as well as a Condor and the Eagle impact campaign and AFA's first ever First Nations initiative, Caring for Country. For more information on Seed Mob, the Environmental Film Festival Australia, and The Condor and the Eagle, go to www.tunnelroadproductions.com. Thank you all for tuning in to Drift Zone. One love.